Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Damien Priest, one-time student of uh, Monster Factory, 
you know, stayed there for quite a while, went through a lot of trials and tribulations. Congratulations, dude. It's awesome that you won the North American Championship. Anyways, William Regal, Shawn Michaels, Matt Blue shown in the boardroom. Vic Joseph tells us they are trying to figure out how to crown a new NXT champion. So he relinquished the title. All I can say is thank God. Because that man, I don't know if he would be able to sell merchandise. He might. He might be able to sell merchandise. That's on my own accord of judgment. But no offense, I'm not going to hold back. But the dude literally only wrestled three matches, and then he, by some miracle, because Keith Lee was going to Maine, won the NXT title. But, you know, I don't know. They could have explored his full potential or whatever. So Ciampa comes down with the mask, giving him a new look. So it's Jake Atlas versus Tommaso Ciampa. And then Ciampa won. So he came out with the mask. Wow. So after, you know, Ciampa attacked Atlas after the mask, and he threw him into the plexiglass. I don't know if they got booze or cheers. You know, can't really hard, you know, hardly tell with the can heat of boo all over the fucking joint. And then uh, Candice Array extended an olive branch to her last week, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is fucking... It's a video package. Um, Mayhem versus Shotzi Blackheart. This is a, this was a good one. Why did they go through? Okay, so I'm wondering. So Shotzi Blackheart actually upset uh, Mia Yim because uh, Shotzi went up to the top, has sent on... Okay, William Regal showing his office. Shawn Michaels and Matt Bloom arrive on a solution, blah, blah, blah. So... Back from break, Dakota Kai is with Gonzalez, yada, yada, blah. Regal says that for the first time in history, the NXT Championship will be determined by a fatal four-way 60-minute Ironman match. Jesus Christ. That's going to be interesting. So, it'll be a fatal four-way. It'll be Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and Adam Cole. Now, NXT is back on its course, man. Thank God. Yeah, you know, I don't you know, I don't care what people say. This is gonna be an NXT that keeps on churning, even though it's it may not feel like the same NXT, but you know, we'll get to that later on an off the rails of uh uncensored segment. Anyways, following that was the NXT Cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Scott for the Cruiserweight Championship, so what happened? Santos Escobar oh snooze. Fucking snooze. That is like the worst section of the show. I'm sorry. The Cruiserweight division is still getting crapped all over in some regards, but I get to that later. Kyle O'Reilly with Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish versus Drake Maverick. So, wait, wait, wait. I'm not least surprised that Undisputed picked up the victory because. So, Maverick went for sliced bread. And then O'Reilly countered with a knee bar. I remember this by heart. I'm just reading it, folks. But I tend to forget certain things when I watch the show, okay? Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong lay into Drake, but Kyle O'Reilly seems to want to lay off Maverick. So, wait a minute. Killian Dane comes down the ring. Kyle O'Reilly gets out of the ring, and Dane takes down Fish and Strong. So, is Undisputed kind of having a discord right now? I don't know. There's talks about them wanting to leave. I don't know if they're possibly headed to uh, WCW or Sheep and Wolf's Clothing. Anyways, Wolf and Sheep's Clothing. 
NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai versus yeah Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Really, I think you messed up on that, dude. So Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez won that match. That's a pretty good choice for a main event, folks. But I don't. I honestly, I'm glad NXT something you know. Karrion Cross had a separated shoulder. I don't know if that's actually true. I'd have to have it confirmed, you know, through multiple sources, not just the Dave Meltzers and the other awesome podcasts in the world that exist outside of mine. But I do know I'm I'm relieved. I am relieved that he did not hold that title because that would that would have killed NXT. In a sense that, you know, certain people win the championship, right? And those people are not bad. They're not slobs by any far stretch of the means unless your name was Brock Lesnar. Yes, I will get to it. Yeah, I, I know you saw the title, man. If you have any questions, folks, be sure to leave them at Wrestle underscore Radio on Instagram. Also, if you want to call in, I got an open line, folks. It's 213-943-3422. Again, that's 213-943-3422. I mean, my show, I have got an open platform, dude. If you if you want to call into the show and answer any of my questions that I have for you, great. Or I'm going to ask you questions, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if you'd be up for them because they're totally random and totally all over the place. And no random dancing will not play after I just said random a gajillion fucking times. Yes, go Yanks. Unfortunately, we lost twice today. But, you know, we stood still. And then, yes, Aaron Judge went to the injured list reserve. So, it is what it is. So, let's move on and talk more about professional wrestling, shall we? So... What did AEW have to offer tonight? So it said, four days ago, preempted by the NBA playoffs, AEW, that's, oh my goodness. That's not what I wanted. That's from the 5th. Goodness sakes. That's August 5th. And it's, I don't know what's going on, but I have been trying. Okay, thank you. AEW Dark. There's AEW. Okay. 22nd. So, it took place on Saturday night. I guess, you know, it's kind of like Saturday night main event. The NBA Plus show didn't disappoint. The Elite in Action tonight, as well as the finals of the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. What? Okay. I understand that they're trying to do something different and give the fans a different look instead of, you know, having for the umpteen time Sasha Banks and Bailey retaining their tag team titles. So, just give the results for fuck's sake. AEW results, FTR beat Private Party. At least the real tag team beat sometimes, you know. They beat somebody, right? Okay. So, is that... I think that's Kenny Omega on the stretcher. So, is there any other result page that I can look through, dude? Okay, thank you. 
Thank you for pointing that out. So MJF came out with his lawyer, said he had not drawn a contract on trying to get to page two. AEW's Jurassic Express, Natural Nightmares versus the Lucha Brothers, the Butcher, and the Blade. That's one hell of a sentence and quite a tongue twister. Who won the match? Okay, so Jurassic Express and Natural Nightmares beat Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade. Okay, I just... Let me read through your results because Tiz Navi system's a bit on the wonky side. AEW's Dynamite Chris Jericho challenged Orange Cassidy. Now, this is the one bright spot of AEW aside from Moxley and aside from Omega and Pac. Now, see, I can be nice. So he hit Orange Cassidy with the Judas effect. Dude, you can. It can be called Codebreaker. It can be called Backstabber. Well, not Backstabber, but. So that's the I hate. I am not a fan of Orange Cassidy for a reason. Not because, you know, I just don't see how putting your hands in your pockets is considered fucking working. And I agree with Cornette's assessment. Cassidy is nothing but an Enzo Amore who puts his hands in his fucking pockets. If you even fucking attempt a move with that, how are you going to fucking close on it? Well, he doesn't. He just uses his... No, dude. Dark Order picked up the place in that, so okay. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeat the Dark Order. And Omega is very similar to certain somebody. Make anyone look fairly decent? No. The dude is a fucking outstanding worker. He's a very nice dude. Met him at WrestleCon. Anyways, Darby Allen versus Will Hobbs. Darby's a fairly crazy motherfucker. I, I give him that. Uh, let's see here. So, Ricky Starks interrupted Darby Allen's victory celebration. Not surprising. Starks joined Cage in the ring. Darby Allen, okay. So, in other words, mayhem. Complete and utter fucking mayhem. Something that lacks sometimes on the main roster in WWE. So, <laughs> Nightmare Sisters versus Ivelisse and Diamante. The AEW's Women's Tag Team Cup turn. Why don't you just fucking make AEW Women's Tag Team titles? Come on. Ivelisse is not a bad... I mean, her experience prior in Puerto Rico and Lucha Underground and now... Not bad. So, I don't really care because, like I said, sometimes, even though with Ivelisse, it's still very sloppy to me. So, uh... Cody versus Mr. Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. This is insane. From the picture that I'm looking at, man. Sorry, like I said, I would have, you know, spread out the uh, results. But anyways, the Dark Order came out, celebrated with their leader. So wait, wait, wait. See, the Dark Order assaulted Arn Anderson in the entrance wrap and brought Cody back out. We pushed him off the stretcher and hit him in the head with a bag. Now, see, I like the fact that the Dark Order is, you know, doing what they just did. But at the same time, I just want to point out that that, what I just read, is finally a structured show, man. Structured as in, from the beginning, you know what's, you know, what's to set the tone. 
the middle, no offense to the AEW women's division, but you guys suck. You have, after just trying to attempt to read the results with Eva Lee's involved, and it's like, okay, I can be fair. I did watch it on DVR. I'm reading the results because I didn't write it down. But the point is, you have to have something that sets the tone in AEW did so. So Arn Anderson gets involved again. God, you guys are proving my point. You guys let old folks have all the fun in the world. I mean, they want to because, the, as the adage says, pro wrestling is that fucking addicting to where it's kind of like a drug. It is a drug. Once you get a hit, once you feel that metaphorical injection go through your bloodstream, man, pro wrestling is something you can't let go. And Art Anderson getting involved, the fact that they respect him enough, and I think, like I said, I'm going to be happy when Orange Cassidy gets put out of commission because why? He's doing something that I mean, hasn't been done before, and he's being innovative. Well, eventually that innovation is going to get him something torn, something, you know. If this dude gets busted open, I'm going to laugh because how the fuck do you gig the dude? You headbutt him with a razor in your teeth? Not just gigging, but how do you work a guy that doesn't lock up so you just <laughs> just put his head on your shoulder and look like you guys are making out? I mean, I don't know. I agree with Jim Cornette. And I, you know what, on certain things that have been said by him, yes, it gets misconstrued. Yes, you know, it's like we can't criticize people anymore about their wrestling. Orange Cassidy may be entertaining to some of you. But at the same token, when he wrestles, it irks me because you're so used to that traditional, okay, lock up, and what's wrong with going eating past? Nothing. So long as you know Chris Jericho is the perfect antagonist to put this poor fucker out of his misery. And I know I sound like very Markish for saying that, but I'm being for real. If somebody were to accidentally injure Orange Cassidy because... I think I would be and others would be happy because that fucker cannot work. Yeah, let's put my hands in my pocket because it's going to stand out if I ever tried out for WWE, which most of these fucks have. And who's to say? And yet, you know, we're not going to be a WWE. Our roster's not going to be heavily bloated with ex-WWE stars. AEW did a decent job. I wouldn't say it's over the top great for AEW Dynamite. WWE mainly is making the fucking right personnel decisions because why? Some pieces to their puzzle are not perfect fit. Karrion Cross, I think he would fit in perfectly with AEW. Do you know why? There's a lot of rejects. And there's a lot of misfits, and there's a lot of second chancers that uh, are residing in AEW. A chance is a chance, and opportunity is an opportunity. I'm not knocking for them for that. But there are certain things that AEW does that makes me go, oh, 
some may say, why, what does it matter that Arn Anderson gets involved? Okay, when you hit that fucking age, and you know a bump's going to fucking kill you, when you land on the shoulder and say, well, I can't even fucking feel it, bullshit. Both shows, even though one was on Saturday, tonight, you know, on Wednesday. I'm glad that NXT is keeping the ball rolling. Because when I watched that, when I watched the show tonight, I said to myself, please, for the love of God, there needs to be some changes. I don't, you know, the North American Championship, I was cool with it because number one, that dude graduated from Monster Factory, and two, that that man went through a lot to get where he's at. So kudos to you, dude. Again, congratulations on winning the North American Championship, Damian Priest. And shout-outs, well, I don't want to, that's too fucking lame. But um, you know who deserves a big old pat on the back and good job, dude? Danny Cage. You do an amazing job with your students, and I've seen it twice briefly at you know at your uh, camp I don't think we're, I don't know if you're I don't believe you are doing one I'd have to but anyways guys Danny Cage does a phenomenal job teaching his students what to expect and give you all the advice and it's how you take it and how you apply it Look, he's got Steve Cutler, got Damian Priest, Sheamus, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. The list goes on, folks, of, of names of students that have graduated and are successful coming out of Monster Factory. And that, that name's not unheard of. I mean, when Larry Sharp ran it, I was not around, but I had heard from another friend of mine, Scott Vita, who trained under Larry Sharp. I know Danny trained under Larry. Look, he applied what Larry told him and made it his own and, you know, taught a little differently, probably maybe not. But the point is hard work pays off. You may not get a championship right away, but if you come from Danny's school, you guys, I know you probably don't listen to the show. But from what I'm telling you, and what I've seen out of Damian Priest, dude knows what he's doing. And he knows how to work both sides of the coin, which is a rarity in professional wrestling. Tonight's NXT moving forward from the Monster Factory, Jib and Jab, or, you know, Jibber Jabber. Tonight's NXT was very reminiscent of when NXT. Things first began, you didn't know what was going to happen. You're always on the edge of your seat. It actually lived up to its moniker, and I'm very happy. I'm very happy that Karrion Cross relinquished the championship. Do you know why? Because there are some, like I said, there are some pieces that just don't fit the puzzle in order to you know, put your show together. Him as a champion for a brief week, I, I enjoy having pain. I enjoy, yeah, well, please. Enjoy sitting on the sidelines. Thank you. There, as JR, who once upon a time was formerly in WWE, would say, thank God there is a God in this world. Thank God there is a God in this world. 
my best JR imitation about to get a new microphone that's supposed to come within I don't know how long because well the post office is all skewed because they took out all the fucking scanners anyways I digress I'm so glad that NXT put on a show I'm glad that AEW well like I said they're decent but there's some nitpicks that I have with them just not you know minor ones fact that, you know, there's wrestling, period, I'm happy as a clam because it gives my friends who like professional wrestling something to talk about rather than talk about what's going on currently in this world through Facebook memes, social media. It's all over the fucking joint. Yes, we know that we are all going through a pandemic, dude. Please do not message me again. Thank you. Anyways, folks. I would just like to point out that if you have any questions, you know, you can call on the show at 213-943-3422. But, you know, I, I, this is the point in the show where there's ex, or there are expletive languages that are spoken by moi in tongues. No, I fucking wrote this shit. This is hilarious. There's expletive languages. No, dude, languages in non-plural. Thank you, Fiddy, for writing my my rehearsal. I never write my shit, dude. It's always on the fly. Anyways, the following portion of this podcast contains strong language, suggestive, and maybe sexually offensive metaphors. No. Wow. Again, who writes this shit? Um, let me... Let me do this again, part three. The following section or portion of this podcast contains expletive language. If you have a child that is under the age of 18, please put earbuds in their ears and not to my show, although that would be hilarious. They go to school now, some of you. So if they repeat it to their principal or their teacher, I am not responsible for anything they repeat from my fucking show. But uh, I must say, whoever doesn't give a fuck, then I think you raised them right. Anyways, any reproduction or likeness thereof of off the rails and censor will be prosecuted in the court of law. And you will be fined $45, which will directly go to my PayPal account. Fuckers, buckle up, because you're about to enter a mental paradigm shift. No pun intended. Monkeys in the truck, or sitting in the living room, hearing my loud fucking voice. Just hit the music, boys. On WWE ratings After the Is it Thunderdome or Thunderdumb I have to check out Just you know What's been going on lately And 
Okay, so August 17th gained a grand total of 1.643 million viewers. August 10th, 1.722 million viewers. Jesus Christ. Um, that's pretty bad if it's under two, folks. That's, I mean, that's better than zero, but at the same time, um, Raw viewership see a major spike after SummerSlam 2020. Uh, okay, so this is off of RepublicWorld.com, and this is the whole Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. So this week's Raw, August 24, 2020, drew on average of 2.028 million viewers. Last week was 1.643. So... It says the WWE Raw episode after SummerSlam saw some impressive, entertaining segments as fans witnessed multiple incredible turns of events in a three hour. I still say three hours is way too long. WWE viewership ratings see a major spike due to a phenomenal episode this week. So, in other words, it went up. Holy shit. It drew an average of 2.028 million on the USA Network, according to Showbuzz Daily. This is good news for Vince McMahon's company, as last week's Raw drew only 1.643 million. So the first hour of this episode drew 2.140 million viewers. Last week it was at 1.730. The second, damn it, why does this have to come up here? I don't, okay. No, I don't want I just was reading the results, man. Why did you take away my screen? Okay, there we go. That's the screen I want. So, wow. It did. When you say spike, that makes it sound like it's terrible. So, that's. Let's see here. 2.028. Okay, here we are. 2.045 in the second hour. And then it dropped. 1.9 million viewers. Last week it was at 1.5. I don't know, you know, Moxley's statement about Thunder Dumb or, you know, Vincent Man's the issue. I mean, it did gain a lot of viewers, but the whole McIntyre kicking that blank space, you know, and he. It's the field goal. I don't know. There are a lot of drives at WWE Raw that I don't know how it exhibited 2.028. Maybe it's because the women were kind of pulling it together. Also, you know, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Sasha Banks, Bailey. It all depends on how you look at stuff on Raw. I mean, Asuka in a main event match, you know, in a lumberjack match, she beat Sasha Banks. Without having executive decisions get made for certain things because said it's out of our control to control creative, but we can certainly put our two cents in and say if I were the booker, that's when I start hating the business. If I if I were the booker, I would have booked it this way and would have done it that way. No, I'm glad I'm a fan right now. Except if you want to ask dude about my career, we can do so in private. To wrestle underscore radio. But to answer the question, you know, there are some tidbits on Raw that made me go, this really 
The only reason I can think of is because the virtual experience in Thunderdome, is it Thunderdome or Thunderdome? And some parts of me wants to say, I want it. I can't knock it until I try it. So the ratings were at a two point. That's better than 1.6 something. So in other words, changing it up kind of proved useful. But I do, I do want to read what Moxley said about Vince McMahon. He did say, you know, some things about McMahon in the past on Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho, and said he uses the Jedi mind trick. Mind trick does Vince McMahon and um, yeah this is you know not just per Bleacher Report but he says talks WWE creative you know it says uh, this was a long time ago before AEW took flight so it says He needs to read his promos verbatim and not to rewrite them. So Moxley took issue with a line in one of his promos about Roman Reigns. Uh, Leukemia died and said that Reigns had to answer to the man upstairs. Moxley said McMahon explained why the line was needed and proceeded to use it in his promo. I remember leaning in on a road case just feeling around ex- actual exhaustion, just like emotional, physical, mental exhaustion. Not so much because of that day, but because six years of it, six years of having to go into this man's office, this old man, and trying to explain to him why wearing a surgical mask is a stupid idea. Like carrying a red wagon in the ring is a stupid idea. Why naming a mannequin in the ring is a stupid idea. I was dumb. There's a lot of personal animosity about the whole whole thing, so I want to read his statement, though, about the Thunderdome. I mean, it may just be what I said, but in a different manner. I don't know, folks. Oh, this is great. It's a survey, folks. I've got to wait on a survey for YouTube. And I'm just going to play a clip for you all about what Moxley thinks of the Thunderdome. I think it's a good concept, but, you know, like he said, that's not the issue. I believe he said Vince was the issue. And then, God almighty. Oh, this is great. You know, one of the things with AEW, to me, in the last year is that, I mean, I, I think that it's caught on, especially with younger crowds, especially under 35, it's caught on pretty quick. And I think that it is, um, I, I, I don't want to say exposed at WWE, because I, mean, I don't want this to be a, a negative thing in WWE, but sometimes, but, you know, half the time when we talk about it, that's what it ends up being, because we go in there and we'll go like, well, you know, 
why is this? Why are these shows so much more entertaining to watch on television than these other shows when these other shows have all of this talent and all of this money behind them and all of these bells and whistles? I mean, your show has bells and whistles too, but it's like one is so upbeat and fun and one is so dreary so much of the time. I mean, especially the last couple of months. I know you've seen some of it too. It's freaking dreary. You know, you're watching, it's almost like you're, you know, uh, watching paint dry type of a thing. Not always, but uh, but far more than it ever should be. And it's kind of like, I'm sitting there going like, you know, these guys are, are supposed to be the masters of this and they know how to do it better than anyone else. And then here we are, this company comes in with, with Tony, who, you know, granted a fan from childhood and a smart, and a smart guy. But it's like they're already surpassed what these other guys are doing in the first year, you know, as far as entertaining their audience, making their audience, you know, have fun. And and, it, and the cap is only getting bigger in that sense. And it's just kind of like if I was in the other company, I mean, and running the other company, I mean, I would, I would be looking at this going like this should not happen. And I'm embarrassed that it happens, you know, as opposed to their thing of, you know, let's, we, we got to make changes. So we're going to do every change other than change the product, if, you know, which is kind of like, well, that's where my first change would be. You know, when I would, if I go like somebody's kicking my ass in the product and, you know, I'm going to figure out not, not to copy them, but figure out a new way to do it. And they're doing it the exact same way. Yeah. Then, I mean, we know what the problem is. It, it's, yeah. it's we did one person, three letters, EKM. That's the problem. Until he's gone, it, or relinquishes control, it's just, it's just not going to change. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, when I watched the show, like during the during the pandemic era, when I watched the show, I guess even before, especially during the pandemic era, I'm just like, oh thank God I'm not there. Oh, Jesus Christ, you know, like, what would I be doing on that show right now? Can you imagine? You think it would be any good? Like, come on. But I, yeah, I really don't want to get into passion them thing, you know, but all the LED boards and shit in the Thunderdome is going to fix their problems. We know what the problem is. Did you see a, uh, I saw a picture of the Thunderdome and it had like, yeah, I've seen a lot. It, I guess, it had like all the, it was like a Zoom call with all the, <laughs> yeah. with all the faces on the wall and it tripped me out because it immediately, immediately made me think of, uh, have you ever read the book Fahrenheit 451? I have not, but I've certainly heard of it. Oh, you should. It's just, so this book was uh, was written in 1953 by a guy named Ray Bradbury, and he basically it's kind of like a dystopian kind of thing, kind of like kind of like 1984, but he basically predicts in 1953 exactly what 2020 will be like. It's trippy. If you read it, you're like. Whoa! It's about like because the firemen they burn books because they don't want people to be literate or to be smart or think for themselves. They just want to feed them with all this uh, like mindless entertainment. And they had the thing that when the Thunderdome made me think of it is because this is the 50s before computers and social media. But he kind of imagined what it would be like. And the thing was like your family, quote unquote, in the parlor wall. So like in your living room wall would be like filled with all these faces that you like communicate with and hang out with that's like kind of like social media is now and that's exactly what the Thunderdome looked like and I went oh my god it's the thing from Fahrenheit 451 come to life trippy that that was sure I just I, lost, I I'm sure like the first sure I just lost everybody sorry but I don't know read the book Gary, Gary, Gary did you ever read 
No, I didn't read the book, but I did watch like the first, I don't know, five minutes of SmackDown because I wanted to see if the TV show looked like the photo, like John was talking about. And there was Braun Strowman and, and Fiend staring at each other in the ring. And you saw that gigantic screen of faces and people kind of fake cheering. And, and yeah, it, it was it was exactly like it looked in the photo. Yeah, I, hope, I hope it's awesome. There's so, I have friends there. I have so much great talent there that I want, want WWE to be awesome. Honestly, when WWE sucks, at this point, I don't get, like, excited about it. Like, ha-ha, you suck. It kind of pisses me off. Because they're the number one brand in the sport. They represent the sport to a lot of people. And when that product is, like, embarrassing to watch, it makes all of wrestling look bad. And it's like you're driving away fans that could potentially be WWE and AEW fans. Like, I want wrestling all over the world to be awesome. The hotter it is all around, the better it is for everybody, right? Well, you heard it, folks. Uh, You heard it first, folks. In the Wrestling Observer Radio, for you know, I'm going to give them a shout. It's 11.99 a month. It's fw4online.com. You can sign up. You can go to their website, sign up, support them, buy their T-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh, and you know what? I got some news for you. We can give T-shirts to our friends, but until then, I will work on fixing the website, getting a new logo in order. Lady Lynn back on the show, and he's right. He is so fucking right. It sucks when they're not at their best because you want competition to look like they're kicking ass and taking names. And I get where he's coming from in that regard because so many times, folks, you feel Like, WWE has momentum, then they lose it. They have momentum, then they lose it. So, while, you know, I have you here, I mean, I got, like, 17 minutes left, but I'm so glad that, you know, I'm adding new elements to my show, Off the Rails Uncensored, instead of just me rambling all over the fucking place and ranting. What I believe he's trying to say is, You're relieved that you're not in a toxic environment, and he said he's smart by not saying the name Vince McMahon because why? He's not legally under contract in WWE, but you don't want to have lawsuit on your hands. Hey, you mentioned my name. That's slander, blah, blah, blah. There are some stubborn qualities about Vince. Um, that really, some people say, well, I don't see what your problem is. He runs a really tight ship, and he doesn't have very many options. Yes, he fucking does, because it's the same people in the same capacity entertaining us every night. I'm not complaining that they're trying to entertain, they're trying to give the fans at home a show because they don't, they can't go on the road anymore, they can't go do live shows, they cancel most of the schedule, they cancel WrestleMania this year, so... There's a lot of sacrifice going on on the other half of what, you know, Vince and Hunter and Sean and and Matt have had to do as far as, you know, sacrifice and cut names and say, well, we can't afford you, so we're going to have to cut you. So Mike Kyoto was a part of that list. There's a lot of cuts. There's a lot of sacrifice. But the Thunderdome concept, I actually now I'm going to – 
look into getting that book off Amazon. Thank you, dude. I actually want to read now about the description of you know what Moxley just described. Okay. Um, no, sir. I do not reveal any uh, non-gimmick name. I think that's rude. And how do you know me? One rule of thumb, folks, never ever reveal someone's real name unless they've known you personally, okay? Especially in the wrestling world. Some fans don't understand that concept, but I'm going to tell you right now, I love you guys. Um, This is totally, again, random. Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Toronto, Canada, Venice, Italy, Tokyo, Japan. What's up, Hong Kong? What's up, Philippines? What's up? Everybody at home listening in Kansas City, what's up? New York, what's up? Everyone who has ever listened to this show, we are one listen away from getting to 6,000 all-time listens on this show, and I want more. I want more. Back to what I was saying. With 14 minutes left in the show, and this makes my point, WWE does have a very extremely difficult time at times to make their point of we're here, we're a brand, we're established. It looked very havesy at SummerSlam. At NXT TakeOver, there's a reason behind the madness, I guess. Adam Keithley come up only to get squashed by Orton, really. I mean, you're not going to have him win his first match. I get it. Give Orton a fight. At least make him work for his victory. I mean, half the fuckers on Raw, I can't really say it because Rollins works a lot. He's a workhorse. Owens works a lot. He's a workhorse. There's a lot of workhorses. It's just there needs to be, like he said, there's a lot of good talent and a lot of good friends on that roster that he is, you know, buddy-buddy with. And he says, I don't want them to suck. I want them to do well. So, yes. He critiqued the Thunderdome and said it was very trippy and it looked like Fahrenheit 451, which, you know, now I'm going to look into reading that book, actually. Not on Kindle. Fuck that shit. I want to read pages. <clears throat> but, yes, he makes very valid points and it was surprising to me because he's like, normally you'd be like, haha, you guys suck, but, he, you know. I like the fact that he wasn't totally bitter about you know, his stint in WWE. I mean, look, dude, it gave him a career out. Actually, before that, he had one. He's naturally talented, man. CZW, briefly, Ring of Honor, and then came WWE's machine at the time before this pandemic era, right? Uh, NXT. He was known as John Moxley or Dean Ambrose, which I, you know, they, if they would have just let him loose, you know, what would what would the end result have been? The man, if Pillman and Guerrero had a love child, Moxley would be the byproduct. Okay, the man is absolutely nuts in the ring. He will sacrifice anything just to entertain, man. And that's that's saying a lot about a dude who. He genuinely felt like, you know, that last match he had with Nia Jackson, he took a bump. And he's like, I normally would not have. 
And considering, though, they did, that was like a middle finger pass. And obviously, this dude keeps moving forward, and he does have some very valid points. He goes, that's not going to solve their problems. I mean, the first week may have injected a spike in the ratings because people are curious. They're like, what is this Thunderdome? It's like having WWE 2K, but with a bunch of people. He's right. It's like a Zoom meeting. And for me, the first taste of it, you know, on SmackDown Live was very, very, fairly interesting, okay? And for those of you who are working for this company, great. So, am I jealous? No. I've had a taste of what WWE was, you know, like I said, before the pandemic era. And I do believe that there can be solutions to this problem. And it's just like Al Davis running the Raiders. Great for, you know, finding players that were cast-offs and nobody wanted them like Lyle Alzado or Marcus Allen or Kenny Stabler or Jack Tatum, Rocket Ishmael. The point is, there are two similar things in business that Al Davis and Vince McMahon have. That's called stubborn will. Unfortunately, that stubborn will... Uh, it can either be a hurt or it can be a help. And what I believe Moxley was trying to say was, I don't want you guys to suck because I would much rather have you guys being beaten at your best. And I know a lot of people are going to reference the Attitude Era as one of the best eras in WWE. There's no denying that during the time from 1997 to about 2004, and they say, well, that was the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, things are always going to evolve, man, and they're always, they're never going to be the same. Because if they were, if they were, okay, if things were the same as they were in the 1980s when it came to women's wrestling, you know, with Wendy Richter and Fabulous Mula, and then you had Sensational Sherry. After Sensational Sherry, you had Alundra Blaze and Bertha Faye. You didn't have very much going on in the world of women's wrestling. And not only that, what does it have to do with the uh, problem? Not only women's wrestling that was, um, has the attention now, the way it's so refined and very crisp and feel like you're watching a main event quality uh, motion picture, right? You have to tell the fans a story. If you're not giving the fans a story every week, they won't tune in. And the fact, you know, people want to point out, well, he missed uh, Drew McIntyre's head by a lot. I don't know what was going through Randy's head, my friend. I honestly don't care to know. And Randy's a good dude. I mean, I, like I think he was pretty nice during an autograph session. Not just... You know, I meet these people during autograph sessions a lot, obviously. Because I'm a fan, what else can I say? One big happy mark, right? You also happen to be a former worker as a manager and a temporary referee. Points are, if you, you know, if you re-listen to that interview, holy fuck. Who would have thought, I mean, 
there's a lot of foreign workers that probably won't go on record saying, you know, you know, they're not bad people, but I think it's important that we understand WWE isn't going away because they still got a whole shit ton of merchandise in the warehouse. And that merchandise is getting bought up like fucking crazy because you got a lot of fans that are cabin fevered like me and millions of others and billions of others that say, hey, I want to get the Undertaker shirt or I want to get John Cena's or I want to get AJ Lee or CM Punk stuff. The WWE is a machine. And I'm very glad that NXT showed up tonight. It wasn't bad. You know, it it gave me hope, like I said, when Karrion Cross did not keep the WWE championship. I have a separated shoulder and I like the pain. Well, I, I think it was painful to watch you win the championship because I said to myself, if they keep the ideology that he's a good champion, that's just like saying Psycho Sid was great at doing promos. Said no man ever, the ruler of the world. Can I redo that? No, we're on live air, Mean Gene said. But I digress. It's important. Like I keep saying this. Not just in WWE, but indie wrestling is not so much the story. It's like, can you captivate the crowd? Can you not bore us to tears? Are you going to keep us entertained? Yeah, there's a lot of picky fucks. I am one of them, but I don't annoy and say, oh, you should have done this in the match. You should have done that. I'll never fucking tell the boys how to fucking work a match because then they'd be like, well, why don't we tell you how to be a fan? Oh, wait, some of you do. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't try to overcomplicate your shit. Just a word to the wise because then... What that is going to do is going to make me think, well, you care about promoing, but you really don't care about working. I was happy to report, and WWE actually had a bit where he said he watched the show. He said, well, God, I'm glad I'm not there. That's a very valid point. Because if you watch Raw, some of it's talking. Actually, majority of it is. But they've thankfully, this past Monday, decide, okay, less talky, more action. Want to keep it interesting? Stop trying so hard to emphasize Sasha and Bailey. Nobody wants them as fans. Some of you do, some of us don't. And that is because at one point, you know, it was John Cena. Now it's Roman Reigns. He comes back, he instantly gets a title shot. Well, he sat on the sidelines long enough and he was cleared to fucking work, so you know, I'm not I don't have a problem with Roman. It's just it's just very it goes in waves with WWE. On who is the company bitch? He is not the company bitch, trust me. And the man's got, I'm not going to use this as an empathy ploy, but 
Man's got leukemia and he's very prone, possibly contracting COVID-19, which obviously he hasn't. But thankfully it gives SmackDown Live a whole new look. Instead of it just being the same fucking people over and over again. They're like, well, it could be them or nothing. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's best just to take a step back and look at who you have on the fucking roster and utilize them like chess pieces. Some of them are true pawns, and other ones, you got your rooks, your knights, your bishops, then you got the queen. And whichever piece can knock off the queen or king or no queen... Tragic speculations, you might have cracked the code. You're able to knock off a main event star like Natasha Banks or a Bailey or Braun Strowman or a Fiend. I don't, like I said, I agree with Moxley in the sense that thing that really needs to change because there's part of creative that also is very outdated in their way of thinking, man, and just needs some fine tuning. I'm I'm happy that you know, like I said. I'm surprised, but I'm happy that he said, I don't want them doing bad. I want them at their best. I'm the same way, dude. If I'm going to have a competition, a singing competition, or a piano battle, or, you know, whoever can complete a mod fest at work, I want that person to be good, so that way, you know, the next time around, I can strategize and think of what I can and can't do or should do. So it should be fucking interesting, man. And, yeah, I don't think it's Thunderdome, but I agree with him. There needs to be a change. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Oh, and uh, join us on Monday where Lady Lynn will join myself. Irene, myself, no, me, and Lady Lynn. Toodles, bitches, I got to sleep before I start rambling again. Dig it. Personality, the cult of personality.